Hello and welcome back to the Football Battle. Um, it's the 27th of June and Belgium have just squeezed past Portugal 1-0. Um, it's just gone 5 past 10 and I am joined, Brennan here, joined by Paddy. Hello Paddy. Hello, good evening lads. Paddy, this is our second stint of the day. Um, so should be expecting our bonus at come the first of July. Um, and Steve, yeah, lovely, lovely way to book in the day. Steve, you're yeah. back on. I am after your your um, appearance with with a certain JD. We we spoke to the solicitors and we're both better people for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve, Steve's on um, just a, a probation at the minute, so uh, we'll see how he gets on. Um, <clears throat> I think we'll maybe, um, saying as it's fresh in our heads, uh, we'll maybe start with the uh, Belgium-Portugal game. We'll look at that first because that's obviously, um, it was probably we were discussing on the pod the tile around. Um, obviously, Belgium threw Dorgan Hazard with a decent strike um, after 42 minutes just before half time, And then... Um, didn't really do much else, Belgium. Um, Steve, did you? I know you maybe weren't convinced by today's games at all. Um, what did you think of this one? I thought there were two very poor games. Uh, I thought particularly the second one because maybe we teed it up that like you know this was do or die for Portugal. They'd been hit and miss in the group, um, and but okay, like for spells against. You know, at the start of the Germany game, they were good. At the end of the Hungary game, they were good. In the middle of the France game, they were good. They'd shown glimpses of it, you know, of a really good team still, despite their advancing years. But, like, they came up against a Belgian side that offered nothing and, and of, offered nothing in return. Like, Belgium had one shot on target in the game out of six shots in total, like, compared to Portugal's 23 odd shots. Like, on paper, Portugal dominated this game, and yet, you know, with the exception of the shot that hit the post, and then Courtois made a good, brave save near the end. Like, you can't say Portugal deserves anything from it either. I thought it was, like, nobody will be worried about Bel- facing this Belgium team, um, and playing this way, uh, going forward. It, 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 it felt a bit like Martin has just got a little bit nervous and started playing a little bit more defensive than we saw them in the group stages. Um, but I thought it was a poor game, and I don't. I would be stunned if the winner of the tournament came out of this game. What What do you think the the Boyna injury affected um, Belgium's approach much, or do you think they were kind of getting to that stage before he went off? I think they were getting to that stage anyway. I thought like there was a like their their whole system seemed to be uh, get the ball into Lukaku's feet. See, can he hold it up for a runner off him? But there weren't the runs weren't being made, um, and it felt like a team that were kind of hoping for a set piece. And I think was there only two corners in the whole game? Like it was a fairly low corner game, things like that. Like um, it did feel like the kind of game, with the exception of like what was an excellent goal, although it was much better in real time than it looked on re- replay. I think uh, Patricio will. Yeah probably regret taking that step to his right. There's no reason. Like, goalkeepers do that all the time. The step that they take before they dive. And it's just such a weird thing 
that like you would think after all the hours and hours that that guy has spent on a football field, he knows that that step is going to get him in trouble, and yet keepers can't help but do it. Um, but I thought I thought De Bruyne was I didn't think he had much of an influence in the game even before he got hurt. I thought the Hazard brothers. Um, with the exception of the goal, were quite enough. Lukaku is good, but like Lukaku is limited. Like he's not a forward who's going to win you a game on his own. And uh, he needs that 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 runner off and that he didn't just didn't have the season. And I don't know, like like they won, they did what they needed to do, and like you know, I I I'd be interested to know what Paddy has to say as well. But I think what we're seeing from the game so far. Is that the teams in the group who needed to, who needed a huge percentage of shots to score are struggling. Italy, um, in particular, I think, um, Portugal, uh, were another team who, whose goal to shot ratio was quite low. And the teams, Netherlands. yeah, the Netherlands as well. Yeah. And the teams who had quite a low, or sorry, quite a high goal to shot ratio. So your Belgians, your Czech Republics and, um, Austria have, have are finding the back of the net, and I, 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 and actually, um, Denmark in particular, Denmark have a really, really good shot to goal ratio, um, and I, like, I don't want to get into expected goals and all that because I think it's a nonsense, but there's something in it. There's something in those more efficient teams, with the exception of Austria, all getting through, that maybe will tell us a lot about how the rest of the these round of sixteen games go as well. Paddy, do you agree with that? Yeah, like I, I agree. I agree that I think Belgium were fairly disappointing. Um, you know, they only had six shots in the, the whole in the whole game, and very few of those were actual genuine chances. If if any, like even even uh, Thorgan Hazard's was a bit of a pot shot, as good as it was. But um, yeah, they, they did enough to win. And like we we spoke this morning, sort of previewing it and thinking, well, Belgium will dominate the ball. Portugal will try and hit them on the counter attack with their pace. Um, but in the end. Portugal ended up having 150 more passes than Belgium, and it was nearly it nearly looked like it was maybe by design. Um, you know, then the three big centre halves in there, and as good as Ronaldo is in the air, you know, Bernardo Silva and Jota aren't going to win too many headers, and they seemed fairly comfortable. The more crosses that came in, those three lads who had a combined age of over 100 were just nodding it away, and you know. Uh, Although at the start we were chatting in the group that there was a bit of space in behind the, the Belgian wing backs, but there was never really any any good enough pass over the top for either Jota or Ronaldo to run onto. And maybe it was crying out for Bruno Fernandes, who whenever he came on, he was bright and he did play a few good balls and he did put in a few dangerous crosses. But um yeah, other than that it was for for having such an array of talent on the pitch, it was a disappointing disappointing game. Um and I, I felt sorry for Ronaldo, even. He, he caught a fairly frustrated figure. Paddy, I wanted to ask you in particular um, about Jada. Um, fair to say he hasn't lived up to his potential and, and sort of underperformed in the tournament and, and tonight in general? Oh, I totally agree. Um, like, during the, the season, although he missed a chunk of it, he was phenomenal for Liverpool. Far exceeded my expectations of a of you know uh, you know a signing from Wolves came in and really sort of st- staked his claim to, to start. I just thought he was coming in as a sort of rotation option for the sort of famed front three at Liverpool. But he sort of by the end of the season, I think he was putting himself well ahead of Firmino in that race. 
So I, I was expecting a lot of him in this tournament, really looking forward to watching him, particularly playing alongside Ronaldo, but I thought he was part of the whole tournament. I thought in the Hungary game, um, I think Ronaldo obviously chastised him at one stage for not, not squaring it to him. Uh, and he's he's had a few chances. He's he's um, fluffed his lines a bit. He's chosen the wrong option. He just has looked a bit off. Um, he actually had a good chance today. I thought it was um, Ronaldo teed him up lovely, and he he sort of stuck it over from about ten yards. He really should have done better there. So yeah, I think I think he was poor. I think he had a poor tournament. Um, and hopefully hopefully that doesn't um, lead into a bit of a hangover for next season as a Liverpool fan. But um, yeah, I think whenever Andre Silva came on. He he looked very very bright, and I know he's a sort of central player usually, but he seemed to carry more of a threat than, than Jota did. And, hope, and actually, Bernardo Silva as well. I thought was very quiet the whole tournament. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I think the <clears throat> there's maybe a bit of a pattern developing that the Premier League players in particular, Steve, um, look tired. I know you could you could definitely. Um, take out a couple of those players, Jada and, and Bernardo Silva, and include uh, Fernandez. with that. Do you think there's well, anything in that? Absolutely. I think we kind of mentioned that at the start of the tournament as something to keep an eye out for. As, you know, like we've essentially had two full seasons back-to-back in the Premier League with a little bit of a break in the middle. And, like, Bruno Fernandez for five minutes this evening looked... Look like the player that Manchester United fans are used to seeing, and then all of a sudden just look wrecked tired again. And on RTE, George Hamilton and and Lisa Fallon were talking about, it, and Lisa Fallon said that like that sh- that effort at the end just was so poor and such a tired effort. And George Hamilton kind of said, "Well, he's only been on the field thirty minutes, and yeah, but he's played like eight hundred hours of football in the last uh, eighteen months." Um, and I do think it's 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 notable that of kind of the Premier League players, the one who's standing out as looking fresh and looking like he, he might be on something is Raheem Sterling and he's the one probably with the fewest amount of minutes. Um mm-hmm. so I think there's definitely there's definitely something I thought Jota was poor. I thought I was actually do you know what I joked uh, with a friend of mine at one stage that this game needed Bernardo Silva and then he was substituted off. It was like I'd forgotten he was on the field. Like I really had. Yeah. Um and there was a there was a bit of that like throughout the tournament with with relief players especially. So I do think it's definitely worth noting. And I think uh, from a, a Republic of Ireland fan uh, perspective, I really wanted Ronaldo to get that goal tonight because it, Portugal's next game <laughs> is against Ireland. So that's going to be uh, fun, I think, for, for Irish football fans. Yeah, uh, written in the stars. Um, maybe you'll see it live, um, but. Yeah, I, I th- that is. A, 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 now that you think about, it, I think about it. You know, the the wider point about the Premier League players, you could you could really um, could really apply that to the to the England squad as well. I think, and I actually noticed it a bit um, for France as well. Kante looks quite tired. I think um, there was definitely in that um, Portugal France game, uh, Ronaldo Sanchez got got by Kante a couple of times, and it didn't. Um, you know, we would usually expect him to make those challenges, and I think Kane. You know, I know he's been injured too, but um, he definitely looks wrecked. Um, just not himself either. Um, and it could be something that we could look at because it seems to be more prevalent in these round of sixteen games after they play their group games. Um, so it's something to look at. You know, in uh, in the preview of 
of England against Germany. Um, so we'll we'll make sure to mention that. Um, Steve, quickly, um, just on Belgium, I know you said you know nobody'd really be fearing them. What do, what do you think they need to change if they're gonna um, beat Italy now, which which is a game that's uh, the quarterfinal being played on Friday? Um. Well, you see, I think they can play defensive, so I think they'll take a lot from, <clears throat> excuse me, Austria's game plan, and, and and they won't try and live with the free score in Italy we saw in the group stages. I think they'll try and replicate what Austria did, but it's going to be. I don't think it's, it's going to be one for the purists, as they say. Um, I know we'll probably get we will get around to preview on a properly closer to the date, but like. It smacks of extra time and penalties to me at this stage, based on what I've seen from both of them so far. Um, I might just arrive at ten o'clock for that one and 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 watch the watch the extra time and penalties. I think. Yeah. Um. So that yes is something that we we'll, we we'll look forward to. Um. In the next couple of days, um, another game today was Netherlands, much fancied Netherlands, um against the Czech Republic. Um two 0 the Czech Republic, not too many people saw it coming. I think, you know, you'll find I, I will take a victory lap that I did mention that Czech Republic could cause problems um on our preview. Um Delict sent off for, for the Netherlands after fifty five minutes. Um then Netherlands or sorry Czech Republic um obviously took advantage. Um sixty eighth minute don't know how to pronounce his name. Hulis? Um and then somebody can correct me. Um and then Schick uh, got the second after eighty minutes and that really uh, put the Netherlands to bed. Paddy didn't look like the team we've seen in the group stage in Netherlands. Not at all, like and you know, in our previous morning I was I was sort of gonna be very surprised if, if the Dutch didn't win. Um but they the looked the look very stale the whole game. Obviously, the, the, it was nil-nil up until the, the red. Um, but I wouldn't say Holland were playing well at that stage either. Um, so, yeah, I thought Czech Republic were, were, were very good. You know, they started off well. They cut off, they cut off um, the passing routes for the keeper to sort of feed it into the centre halves or feed it into Frankie de Jong. So it sort of nullified it when they couldn't get it into de Jong. The keeper was kicking it long. And they're a relatively short team, and Czech Republic are like giants, and they were just winning every header and winning every second ball, and Holland just could not get into the game. And I thought just some of their players had real standout performances, like you mentioned your guy Holesh in, in midfield who got a goal, and your guy Barak as well thought was brilliant, and, and Sheik just has had like a pure freakish fortnight, like he's been so so good, um, and he's a player that's always had sort of bits of promise and he's um, flattered, you know, sort of um, threatened to, to really burst onto the scene at a few clubs, Roma and Leverkusen and he's never really sort of caught fire completely but he's looked a, a great player so far in the tournament so fair play to them, I think, think that they thoroughly deserve it in the end um, and yeah, Hollander Hollander gone Yeah, I, I don't know Steve if we can uh, give Philly credit for saying that Holland or that Netherlands will, will stink the gaff out. Um, I think he was talking about before the group stage, so we'll not let him claim this one. But um, they really were sort of out fox today, weren't they? 
Yeah, he only gets the Netherlands being, you know, shy. If I get Portugal being shy, getting knocked out of this age as well. So I, <laughs> and I won't, I won't give it to him. So I can't take, I can't take Portugal either. Um, I, I thought they were so poor. Like, so there's, there's the thing. This game hinges on two key moments: the Malin miss, which was just unforgivable. Like he has to score that. Um, and then the sending off, which I'm, I know I'm in the minority here, uh, that I actually don't think it's a sending off because I think the foul from Schicht on, on the lift oh, count, should counter anything. Like, it is a deliberate handball, absolutely, but I actually think he's been climbed all over and I think it should be a free kick the other way. But I realize, I accept I'm in the minority here. But all that said, there is no excuse for the Netherlands being as bad as they are when they go down to 10 men. Like, that was, it was such an unprofessional performance. Like, it's disgusting. Like, if, if you were a Dutch fan this evening, you watch your team capitulate like that, you would be livid. And there's clearly something up with the Boers management that the players don't respond to him because he, it feels like now that we can sit back and reflect on their four games in the tournament, it feels like there was very little coaching done and there was a lot of really decent individual performances from players throughout like Wijnaldum um, especially Memphis Depay I think as well um, didn't show up today at all who didn't, who didn't show up today and that was it like and and once those individual performances are gone there's no cohesion there's no coaching there's no team there so I think I think that's probably what Phil to be fair to him did call out ahead of this tournament that that was a poten- real potential for the Netherlands to happen and we just didn't see it in the group stages but as soon as they were found out today like to me Czech Republic were one of the poorer teams I saw in the groups so for for the Netherlands to be kind of turned over as comfortably as they were turned over today is is a damning indictment on that coaching setup and as much as like you know Love Big Rude um, and his involved like delighted to see him still involved in football. I'd say we're in for a, a clean sweep of the, the Dutch coaching staff Ned Burn. So mm. Paddy we should also be given some credit um to the Czech Republic and uh Yaroslav Silhavi, you know, set his team up to, to disrupt the Netherlands and um you know Right through the middle of the, of the park, they were good, and they, they seem like a, a very pragmatic team. They'll see who they're playing. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll try to match up and and disturb what they have um, in the opposition. Uh, you know, they played Denmark next, um, who who we know did look very good against Wales. But do you think they'll, they'll go into that game quite confident after beating the Netherlands? Yeah, like I think, I think you know they'll definitely have a chance, and they'll think they will too. I'm sure they'd much rather be facing Denmark than than Belgium or Italy. So it's a, it's a kind as good as Denmark were. It's a relatively kind kinder draw for them. And as you said, they have been very pragmatic, and um, you know they, they got a good victory over over Scotland, and you know were were reasonable enough um to draw with Croatia, and then they didn't disgrace themselves against England. So they've played quite well, and. Yeah, I think with a very, very solid team, you know, they just look like a team of men and um, I don't think they're going to get get bullied by too many teams. So um, I think I could see that game against Denmark being quite a physical one and probably fairly low scoring. Yeah, that uh, game is actually, I think Phil actually said earlier on, and I uh, 
incorrectly corrected him. Um, that game is in Baku. I think I said it was in Budapest earlier. Um, it's on Saturday, um, as far as I'm aware. Um, and then tomorrow, we look at tomorrow's games. Um, strange, we were saying just before we came on that over the next two days, uh, the, the bigger game in inverted commas, um, is actually at five o'clock and the, um, the other games are at eight. So tomorrow we have uh, Croatia Spain at uh, five o'clock and it's, it's a really weird one, Steve, because both of those teams looked, you know, looked like they would, they would maybe go out after the first two games and then they both kind of turned it on the final game of the group. So, we don't really know what to expect from this one. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it's one of those games. It's a bit like the 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 Czech Republic Denmark game we spoke about just like seconds ago. It's one of those games where both teams will absolutely fancy their chances, and and both teams will be both sets of fans will probably be really disappointed if they go out. Like Spain turned up in the last game, and Croatia turned up uh, in their last game, but. We haven't really seen a huge amount from either that would go. Oh yeah, they've got they've got a decent chance in this tournament. I think Spain's woes in front of goal, obviously having a goalkeeper throw the ball in will will mm. absolutely you know get things started for you. And that will help you. Yeah, no, it's it's a great way to get going, and even still, Morata can't find the back of the net, you know. So, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. They're Spain to me are a team that just. I, I don't get it. I don't see it. I really don't see it. Um, and I think Croatia will probably, the way Modric kind of turned it on, that, 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 you know, he still has it. Like, you know, I think we, we, we kind of said it in, in the pod the other night. Like, he's the, both the youngest and oldest player to score for Croatia, uh, a Euro, which is an incredible stat. And of all the teams he's going to want to face, it's Spain. He knows these players inside and out for the most part. Um, so I would think that Croatia are going to be, be quite happy with, with this draw. And I think they'll fancy their chance to get through. Um, I think Persic has been really, really good. Um, I think Modric, when he's shown that he can still, still really do it at, at a top level. Um, it's, I, I, I'm reluctant because I know that it's easy to look at two big name teams and go, okay, this is going to be a good game. And who, which of these teams is capable of being better defensively? And for me, it's Croatia. Um, I think it's Croatia. And I think that for that reason, they're the ones that are going to get through. Yeah. I, I think I would probably tend to agree with you. It's uh, again, we, we've seen, we don't really know what to, what to expect. Um, from these games because there's been a couple of surprises you would probably say so far. Um Spain did, you know, I know they're playing Slovakia and I know they got a hop in hand quite literally, but um they did score five goals and, and who knows what what that will do to their confidence. Um but but I I think I agree with you that Croatia just have a bit more. Um Paddy, do you agree with that or do you think Spain, you know, have finally Turned it on and found a bit of form. Obviously, they had a very good re- result against a terrible Slovakian team, but I don't think it's a sign that they're back by any means. Like just looking at the Spain squad, 
and comparing it to the last sort of decade of Spanish dominance, like they're not fit to lace their boots really. Like it's it's so it's so different. Um, now I'm not saying there's not good players there, and I think the return of of Sergio Busquets in the Slovakia game helped a lot because I think Rodri is a fraud, so that helped. Um, <laughs> but I like obviously I'm very biased about Liverpool. But I've I've sort of thought whenever Thiago's come on for Spain and in, in, in all of the games he's looked very good and knitted it together quite well and I would love to see him start in some way if they can shoehorn him into the midfield and maybe move Pedri up or something. But um Murata has looked awful, like absolutely terrible. Um and see to be honest with Murata, I have never really seen him and thought like this is an elite centre forward and he's played like a a clutch of the best teams in Europe but he, he, I've just never really felt convinced or, 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 or trust them um, and just when you when you think of the, the sort of line of forwards that have graced the Spanish team in, in, in recent years you know David Villa and um, you know Fernando Torres and you know even Fabregas and things playing as a false nine it just seemed so seemed to fit so much more than than Murata um, so I still fancy Spain to win this game I think Croatia aren't as good as they were um, they were very good against Scotland but uh, I'm gonna I'll, I'll punt for, for Spain in this one um, although my predictions today were both wrong so never listen to me Just quickly on Pedri there because you mentioned him I, I'd be fascinated because we've obviously given Phil Foden a really hard time on, on this podcast in particular and with good reason does Pedri get his game if Luis Enrique is not the manager in the Barcelona link there because I don't think he does I think he's been he knows he's only 18 but I feel like he's been really really poor I like him like I think he's a, I think he's a great player like um, I can see your, I can see your point because they actually do have a lot of good midfielders you know like Laurentiis had a fantastic season at Atletico Madrid and Thiago sort of chilling out in the bench as well um, but I don't know. I just think he's a special kid. Like I think, I think him and Saka and um, you know Foden, uh, as much as we sort of slide Foden off, are are special and and will be at the heart of the national teams for for many years. So I, I like the kid. I I think he's good. I I've got I, I'm going to make a really bold statement here that's probably going to come back to haunt me in years to come. But there's an absolute yes. there's an absolute bang of Bojan off him. That we want him to be, we, we, we want him to be so good. We want him to be next Messi. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen for him. It is a bullshit. Um, Stay for slow on stage in his career. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you compare somebody to Bojan, it is a bold, bold shout. Like, um, suppose that's why Philly calls you the bold one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, we see him um, based on our prediction so far. We see Pedri going scoring a hat trick tomorrow. So, yeah, I've gone um, for Pedri tomorrow. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Like the um, Spanish goals, like I think it's kind of hard based on that last game um, because um, Slovakia just kind of crumbled. Um and the goals were fortunate, um, a lot of them, um, and the, they didn't really seem to come from the the Spanish good play, um, so based on you know what we've what we've seen in this round of games, 
kind of so far that the teams just approach it differently to um to the approach to the group games um it's kind of just okay get through the group whatever way you can and and sort of now the serious stuff starts definitely saw it with with austria the likes of austria and denmark so far Uh, i know that lee went through but austria looked impressive um but i can see croatia just kind of they seem to be a team who've played together i know they've played together longer um, and that's maybe what some people are using it as a negative against them because they are aging um but i think they'll just have a bit too much sort of nice a uh, big big game nice to to get them through um but it's good we have difference of opinions that means somebody be wrong which is great um probably probably gonna be me and steve based <laughs> just based on uh the spinazzola stuff and the turkey stuff and uh, grouping us together <laughs> like um it's just been, <laughs> it hasn't been good um i'm just clinging on to to france hopefully um winning the tournament and then you know i'll be redeemed um but speaking of france um the they play switzerland in the eight o'clock game tomorrow um switzerland you know they feel like a team party that nobody's really talked about so far i haven't heard a lot about switzerland you know the yes they drew with wheels um and they got the customary defeat in, in group a against italy as everyone did um but I know that Turkey stunk the place out, but Switzerland seemed quite decent against them in, in that last group game. Do you give them a prayer at all against France? No, I don't. I, I think I think they're I think okay. no one's talking I'm about like... them. <laughs> <laughs> I think no one's talking about them because I just I don't think they're a good I just don't think they're a good side. Um I just think, you know, they've got a few a few handy players and like in Bolo on his day can can be a real handful for defence, but I I just can't see them troubling France. Um, although I'm the person who said I can't see the Czechs troubling uh, Holland today, but um, no, I think that, you know they, they rely a lot on on Shaqiri for creativity and 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 Bolo to sort of run the run the channels, but um, I just I just don't think they'll have enough to to lay a glove on France. I think France could could beat them in second gear, to be honest. Today, France probably have already been in second gear the whole time, some people would say. Um, you know, do you think they'll, they'll just continue the run and, and breeze through or can, can Switzerland cause a, probably the biggest upset of, of this stage that we would have seen? I, I think Switzerland have the potential to cause France a little bit of difficulty. Here he most, goes. Most no, mostly because a right there's 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 an argument to be said. You cruise through your, you, the group stages, you finish top of your group, but you haven't played at your best. But like, I'd like to see something like their best um, in this tournament, and I don't think we've seen it at all. And I think Switzerland are one of those teams that have traditionally caused France a lot of trouble over the years, and quite recently as well. Like their last. I think their last four games, four of their last five games have ended in draws. Like, that's not necessarily, like, doesn't mean that in this context, but I think it's worth noting that historically France and Switzerland aren't going to provide huge entertainment. Um, um, I thought they're, I thought that France were fine 
Um, or sorry, I thought that Switzerland, sorry, were okay in the tournament so far. I don't think they've been, I don't think they've been great at all. Um, I think Italy's performance against Austria last night might give people pause as to how good that group actually was. And, you know, Italy then, like, obviously destroyed Switzerland. So this could be a really poor Switzerland team, or that might have been just a, a one-off that Austria-Italy game that Austria just set up really well against them. So there's lots of ways to look at it. I just feel like, I just feel like there's a, there's a banana skin here for France, and I, there's no sense to it. Like, uh, demonstrably France have the better players. Demonstrably France have the better coach. They've the better record. They've the bloody World Cup badge on their jersey. They're a great team. They've maybe one of the, they've maybe the best player in world football at the moment in Kante in terms of form. But I can't shake the feeling that this, this is going to, they're going to get tripped up here and switch it on and have a, have a chance to cause a real upset. <laughs> it's a prediction. It is a prediction. <laughs> Certainly not. Um, Paul, <laughs> uh, do you think there's anything in the, in the sort of, Argument that we should kind of be seeing form uh, from a potential winner at this stage, or do France, the likes of France, the, sort of the likes of Spain, maybe um, England to an extent, you know, do they still have time to grow into this tournament to to manage themselves? Yeah, like I, I suppose. Portugal are the greatest example, not not winning a single group game last time round and only winning one game in 90 minutes, but actually lifting the, the silverware at the end. I think you can sort of stumble your way through and, you know, as long as you have a, a standout game or two, you know, you, you, you're going to be in the mix. And I think for I think France, as, as you said, haven't really had to be great so far and were able to top probably the strongest group we've seen in a major tournament for many years. They were able to, to to comfortably come out on top of that. So, I think just the, the the talent, like like Benzema bringing him back in was such a risk. Um, and Deschamps apparently consulted the the players before that, but he's come in and just fitted in seamlessly, and there doesn't seem to be upset and fallings out and sort of things that would have associated with the the Raymond Dominic era. But it's they just look on paper they're the best. And I think if they even have half a performance, they will beat nearly every team in this tournament. Um, just one day eleven, they're they're fantastic, and you know it's hard to see significant weaknesses in the team. Really, uh, I think they'd have to have a massive off day or a really dodgy red card or a dodgy decision for for the Swiss to to get near them. I think. Although I, I know Steve and I have very different opinions on this, but that's what makes it entertaining. <laughs> Yes, great, um, great amount of different opinions uh, tonight. I think you two are both um, predicting different winners in both games, so that should be fun. Um, yeah, the winners of of um, Croatia, Spain will play the winners of France, Switzerland, um, and then the winners of that would would eventually face the the Belgium, Italy winner. Um, so you know that's by far the the hardest um, the hardest side of the draw. Um, I think that'll probably do us for tonight. Um, 
We will be back tomorrow, obviously, to look back on those games, see who's right between Paddy and Steve. I'm really <laughs> building it up as a versus here. Um, but uh, we'll, um, we'll also then preview um, what a lot of the pundits are, are calling the, the biggest game of the of this stage, which is England-Germany. Um, we and the rest of the scene public obviously knew that it was, um, it was that game tonight between Belgium and Portugal. And then uh, also Sweden and Ukraine will finish off around the 16. So um, thanks everybody for listening again. Um, Football Bubble Pod, um, search it on Twitter, Instagram, all across your socials. Patreon is patreon.com forward slash football bubble. Lads, cheers for getting involved and going up against each other. Um, <laughs> we will see you tomorrow again. Good luck.